Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi. You're listening to BFN. This is a podcast about IVF, infertility, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Oh hey. Hey guys. It's been so long. We're back. Oh, I feel so emotional. Oh my god. I hope you're all well. I hope everybody is okay. We've missed you so much. We yeah, we have. I've been sat at home just sobbing gently to myself. Yeah, yeah. It's been tough, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been really tough. And we've done so much with our time off. Yeah. <laughs> we've travelled the world, we've learnt seven languages and read 14 books each. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And learnt some musical instruments. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've done fuck all, guys. We've yeah. done F all. We've done a lot of lying around. Yeah. But it's been nice. It has been nice. Um, we've got a few things to address before we begin today. Yeah. Um, firstly, you might have just heard, we've got advertising. Yes. Sneaky little ads. Yeah. The beginning. I hope you don't mind. Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a new thing for us. It is. And we're just, we're going to see how it goes. Um, we had to go through a long list of things that were and weren't appropriate. Mm. If you hear something that seems really inappropriate, and I'm talking pregnancy tests and that kind of thing... Mm. Just give us a little shout. We, we, I mean, we ticked the right boxes, I think, yeah. in terms of not, not what not to have. Like, there, there was even a box for illegal things. Yeah, like what? firearms. Who's going to tick that box? We did not want firearms advertised. Um, but yeah, if you do hear something that's not appropriate, then let us know. At the moment, it seems to be twinings, which I'm great. I'm fine with that. I'm chilled about twinings. Tea is the most inoffensive thing in the world. I love tea. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing our own ad for twinings now. <laughs> I love twinings. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, give us a shout. Let us know if you hear anything that's not right. Exactly. And on the subject of tea, oh yeah, oh uh, gosh, that was that's a good segue, wasn't that it? That was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, we are appearing at an event called Infertility. Yes, we are. Um, it is on 9th of February. Uh huh. And it's in Elstree. Yes, which is where. Um, kind of northish of London. It's where all the film studios are. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so you could go to like Harry Potter land afterwards. Oh, what? Can we? Yeah, if you want. Oh, brilliant. Um, and we're going to be appearing alongside Jessica Hepburn, who is a really good author and the organiser of Fertility Vest, and Katie Linderman, 
um, who has written a load of really nice pieces for like um, The Guardian. Yeah, uh, and it's Uber Barons Club on Uber Instagram Club. if you are on Insta. Yeah, um, and other people. And it's organised by um, Dr. Andrea Trigo. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. I hope so. Um, yeah, she, Infertile Life. Yeah, is her, on Instagram. Yeah, it's her handle. And she's done a TEDx talk about... About her story which is quite interesting i watched that the other day okay i will watch that soon and if you want to come it's a fiver so it's not going to break the bank yeah and all the money's going to her fertility network i think which we all like and um yeah you should come basically yeah it'll be loads of fun yeah i hope so anyway <laughs> <laughs> yes um and then the next thing to talk about is me yeah Okay, so. Where do we start? Uh, um, I'm still pregnant. Yes. Which is great, because last time we left this, it was a bit touch and go. It was. Um, in We've recorded a few episodes ahead. Yeah. Um, so the next few episodes, we're going to be... I mean, obviously, we're mainly talking about Gabs, because Gabs has been going through some stuff. Oh, it's been an action-packed month. It has been an action-packed Actually, when you're saying that we were sitting around, we weren't sitting around. I know. Well, I was I was sitting around. Yeah, but you were injecting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, we touch on my pregnancy from a kind of infertility point of view a few times. And, up, you know, small updates. Yeah, small updates, like major scans. And for the curious. Like yeah, for those who care about me. Which <laughs> we all do. Thanks, mate. But I think the... We stumbled upon a small corner of the internet um, called Reddit where some people had been having a conversation about us and they did not like any pregnancy chat and they were quite angry about our mm-hmm. two, the two-week wait episode. They didn't like it. They didn't like that at all. No. So, um, you know, please send us your honest yet not mean feedback on this. If you get really annoyed that I'm like talking a tiny bit about what's happening to me, please let me know and we'll pipe down. It's a tough one because obviously a big part of this podcast is us being honest about our experiences and what's going on. And pregnancy is, you know, a big part of this experience, hopefully for everybody. It's the main aim. It's the main aim. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think, you know, let us know what you think. I think we're treating it as sensitively as possible. Um, Emma's not being smug in any way. If she is smug, I'll punch her. Well, I probably won't because she's pregnant, but, you know. The face, just Something face. to that effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that reading those comments kind of gave us both a bit of a jolt because we thought we'd been relatively sensitive, but um, perhaps... Not sensitive enough for some. Not sensitive enough for some. That's very, very good way of putting it. Please do give us your feedback, though, because um, I don't, I don't want to piss anyone off. No. That's but at the same time, do. I do feel like... Uh, We've kind of developed a relationship with our listeners. A friendship. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, interested in hearing everyone's thoughts. Yeah, please let us know. Um, and, and yeah, and then on to the episode a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we've recorded, as we just said, we've recorded um, the next few episodes in, a, in advance. So um, our chat between the two of us was recorded on New Year's Eve, just yeah. before we went out on The Lash, aka didn't have a drink. So cast your minds Neither back, if you can, to yeah. 2018. <laughs> it was a different world back then. Who knows what was going on? It's going to be really hard to remember. Yeah. But try if you can. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting in a time machine. Oh, yeah. Um, and, we were, and then our 
interview this week yes was actually recorded literally like about two weeks before christmas wasn't it no it was just prior to christmas was it, it was just 17th i know i remember God, so 17th ago, of december remember. practically christmas day practically christmas day yeah um and we spoke to the brilliant claire johnson the brilliant claire johnson who well we mainly talked about surrogacy because she was about to have a baby her baby was about to be born via a surrogate yeah. in the Ukraine uh-huh. when we caught up with her. Um, so she's on Instagram. You might know her at an oven for my bun. Um, and we're very happy to announce that her baby was born. It was. Earlier this month. He was. He was. Oliver. Um, baby Oliver. And he's absolutely gorgeous. And if you want to see pictures, go check out her Insta. Yeah. She seems to be very happy. Yes. And everything's gone very and well. Amazingly, she's breastfeeding, which... It's incredible, isn't it? Like, science is so great. Anyway, it was a lovely chat, so I hope you enjoy it. And it's very interesting for anyone who is considering surrogacy as an option. And if you are considering surrogacy, um, I don't think we mentioned this at all during the interview, but go and check out Surrogacy UK, which is like an organisation that is maybe your first step. Yeah, brilliant. Um... And yeah, and I guess that just leaves us... Oh, no, wait. Professor Tim. How could you forget Professor Tim? Poor Professor Tim. I know, poor Professor Tim. Oh, he's still here, guys. He's still here. Season two, Professor Tim's still around. Literally jumping with excitement. Oh, yeah. So uh, this was a fun one. Um, somebody had written in with this this question for Professor Tim, and it was about, if you jump up and down, and I'm thinking like star jumps here, <laughs> um, <laughs> does your... Um, cervix move further down and therefore make it in a better position for sperm to get to the egg i mean that's what i think i was it was getting at (laughs) i I mean it just seems ridiculous (laughs) but anyway because in the call you sound quite confident when you ask him yeah well you know but now you don't sound professional (laughs) i am a confident professional (laughs) um uh so yeah listen in for that one um (laughs) <laughs> how much have we crammed into like not even 10 minutes i don't know it's lovely i'm impressed by us anyway um, it leaves us to say that what would be a really nice coming back present yes would be if you were to rate and review us oh definitely um wherever you listen to your podcast indeed and also please follow us on instagram yes at big fat negative and on facebook big fat negative and on twitter at big fat negative or you can email us big fat negative podcast at gmail.com oh my god after all this time you remember it i know it's amazing really that it sticks in my head please enjoy the show everyone a while um it's new year's eve it is oh, we're about to go out on the lash we are except it's Ish. not the lash <laughs> the opposite of the lash <laughs> what's the opposite of a lash i don't know just a very civilized evening yes yeah. yes very quiet very uh-huh. lovely um i'm all right i'm okay yeah everything's okay good yeah um so i'm seven weeks and four days today wow um and your entire life now it's broken down into Weeks and days. Yeah. Not that it wasn't before, but... Well, it, it is because, you know, you don't think about weeks at all in no, that sense. Never. You don't add up weeks. Nobody has ever said seven weeks to me. They've said almost two months. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's not what happens, apparently. When The minute there's a baby in you. A baby. A baby. Um, yes, yeah, so we had our seven-week scan. Uh, 
just under a week ago. Um, saw a little heartbeat, which, oh my God, I've never felt such relief in my entire life. That must be incredible. It was, it was I was more just relieved. Mm, mm. Um, John yawned. <laughs> Are we keeping you up, John? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Um, and he later told me it was because he was trying to be cool because I was so anxious. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's in it. Um, I've got a hematoma, which I'd never really heard of before, but it's like a little bruise, like, next to where the baby is, where the placenta is. Right. Around there. Um, and that's why I've been bleeding a lot. Okay. So that, that's, and it happens in something, I was reading some studies, and it happens in 10% of normal pregnancies and 22% of... IVF pregnancies, ah. so fairly common, not much to worry about. I was going to say, because I've heard before that um, bleeding or spotting in early pregnancy is common for yeah. IVF, but I didn't know why or... Yeah. So that's why. Soup's common. Soup's common. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Been, yeah. Been digging a lot of wax out my pants. L- lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still uh, to experience that. Delightful. Christmas has been good because we've been staying at a lot of other people's houses, which means the like early morning trek to go and put in the pessary is all the more exciting. Oh God! Where am I going off. to do it? Yeah. Shall I do it in the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Shall you don't I... want to wake the whole house up. <laughs> um, so that's been exciting. And how do you put those in? Are they? Is it like a tampon? Yeah. So here's a tip for everyone. Um, they're quite pointy at the end. Like, I would say you could take someone's eye out with them. Oh, wow. So, because they're made of wax, if you just rub it on your leg first, it takes off the point. Oh. Makes it a little bit less uh, exciting to put in. Pointy. pointy. We've had enough of pointy things. Yeah. Pointy things up there, especially. Oh, no. Don't like just that. Like, just take off the point. Yeah. When okay, you get good. to that point, pal. That oh. point. Ha, ha, ha. More importantly, because that's very boring chat... Gabs, how are you? Um, firstly, there's nothing boring about that chat. Uh, you've actually managed to achieve what everyone listening to this podcast has e- is dying to achieve. Nothing boring about that. Um, Still. But to continue the uh, IVF odysseys. Yeah. Um, well, last time we spoke, I think I'd had my meds delivered. Yes. Um, the next step after that was to go and meet with the nurse and um, sign all of the forms that you need to sign. Yeah. Which was lots of fun. Um, because Mostly because I, and please don't think I'm an idiot, completely could not get my signatures to look the same <laughs> on all of the forms <laughs> I was signing. And I think it's because, like, my my signature has become, like, a scribble. A yeah, scribble. yeah. Like, yeah. And getting the squiggle to be the same each time seems to be impossible, especially when someone's going, can you please make these look the same? That's so funny. And then I started to get performance anxiety. My <laughs> husband was looking at me like I was mental. He was just like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do this simple this is amazing. task? It was the worst. Yeah. Um, so we're signing things like, what do we do with these embryos if you both die? What do you want us to do with your non-viable eggs or embryos? Um etc etc all the answer to most of which was please donate it to science yeah um admirable which i think is what most people do right um but yeah that that was quite complex then we had to do the uh the injections uh practice practice on a on a weird bit of fake belly god i didn't get that yeah they've got like a weird puffy thing that you it's like it feels like skin when you stick it the needle in god all i got was the nurse going watch the video you'll be fine (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I would have liked a video, actually, to be honest. Oh, you didn't get a video? No, no video. Okay. No, just the, the weird fleshy pocket okay. thing. Well, great and yeah. gross. Sounds yeah. gross. All a bit gross. Did it have lots of holes in? Yeah, yeah. loads of tiny, tiny, minuscule holes. It's like, all oh, <laughs> the people that have been here before <laughs> us poking this fake flesh. Oh, <laughs> that's horrible. I know, I know. Um... But that was all fine. Uh, interestingly, we signed up to something called eFreeze, which is a trial that our clinic is running. My clinic's doing that as well. Yeah, I, well, I imagine lots of them yeah. are across the UK. But basically, they're trying to work out if um, frozen embryo transfers or are actually more successful than fresh embryo tra- transfers. Okay. Um, and so what will happen when we basically will get to egg collection, they'll see how many viable embryos we have. And if they've got enough that's worth freezing yeah they will put us into the machine i imagine like a lottery machine yeah that will spit us out into either group so we'll either be fresh or be frozen okay um which i was like at first i was like of course we want to do that it's going to be useful for research it's Mm -hmm. useful for science let's let's do this and then as soon as i kind of signed it i was like oh but what if i get to that point and i'm like no i just want one back in me yeah stick one back in you can't freeze them all. Stick one back in now. Look, mate, one thing you're good at that you know you're good at is waiting. Like, yeah, one thing we all know is that we're good at waiting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And I know either way there are benefits. So I kind yeah. of, I do prescribe to the idea that if my body has been pumped full of drugs and hormones, then maybe it's not in the right place to have an embryo put back in, which is the kind of the thinking behind yeah. the theory. Um, of course... Other people say that it's absolutely fine. So they they just don't know. So that's why they're doing this. Cool. And so I kind of, I believe in that. And I think maybe recovering from the egg collection would be a good idea. But then I'll st- I'm still going to be like, just stick it in. Yeah. Stick one in. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. I, yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. Um, and for the whole of last year. Oh. Just stick it fucking in. I just, don't care if my lining isn't up to scratch. Yeah, just fucking throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> with velocity so it sticks cool so what's what's happened since then um so uh we went off i went to ireland for christmas Fun. had to take the drugs through airport security Fun. did you have a little freezer bag yes we had a little <laughs> freezer bag which we bought from argos it was fucking ugly <sighs> um and had these the the freezer pack things that we had in when the meds were delivered they were like mm-hmm. these blocks cold blocks yeah that we'd been keeping in the freezer so we popped those in cool totally worked a dream they were absolutely freezing. I think it was colder in the in the cooler bag than it was in my fridge. <laughs> so the drugs were fine. And no one battered an eyelid when we were going through security. Really? I said it straight away to the woman. I was like, had my letter in my hand. And I was like, oh, you know, this, these are drugs. I need them to be frozen. Well, not frozen, cold. Cold. And, and she was like, oh, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. They might want to have a look, but, you know, off you go. And they didn't even look. <laughs> they just don't care about you. I know. I was like, but I've got my letter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, they didn't care. Um, and so so we were in Ireland for Christmas, which was lovely. As I said before in my last podcast, I was really trying to get pregnant before IVF. Of course. That's I was what, yeah. I was trying to be that person. Yeah, that dick. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't care I if I was the dick. Happened. I didn't care if I lost friends. Yeah. I didn't care if people didn't like me anymore. I was like, I want to get pregnant yeah. before doing IVF. And on Christmas Day, I found out that I had not. Fuck. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you motherfucker. Okay. Um, so that was a bit of 
a bummer, I have yeah. to say. I, was, I, I don't know why I thought it would happen, but... I think everyone hopes it. I happens. know, I just kind of did. it just seems like such a faff. I know. IVF. Plus, all we've been doing acupuncture for the first time, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm totally prepped. Have like, you both been doing it? Just No, just me. I think he probably should, actually, but no, just me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought, you know, maybe that would be the one. Twas not. Mm. I know. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. sorry you're not a dick. No, it's okay. I mean... I mean, we wouldn't be friends anymore, but... I know. It's, well, I mean, there's silver linings, right? <laughs> We're still mates. The listeners still like me. Yeah. You know, there's so many silver linings here. You're a legit part of the struggle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so on Boxing Day, we did our first injection. <laughs> what a way to celebrate. <clears throat> yeah, I had my last glass of red wine on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Sweet. Um, and, and yeah, Boxing Day, we did the injection. So which... how was it? It was fine. Okay. Like, um, we were watching uh, Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire at the time. And we, <laughs> the classic one. Yes. At, at 7.30pm, we took ourselves <laughs> downstairs and went for it. And we had a bit of a kind of like, oh, is that correct? Is it turned to the right bit? Yeah. Because oh, you're that... using a pen style one. Yeah. Um, which, and you have to like select the amount that you want to put in. Yes. You have to click it in and then twist it around to select the correct dosage. Yeah. And then... Well, you also have to stick the needle on top. Yeah, you have to put a new needle on every time, don't you? Well, you have the same... It's a different one every time. Different yeah, pen yeah. every time. So the little boxes come with a pen yeah. and a needle top. And then you um, just grab your fat and shove it in. Grabbed my fat, which there was plenty of because it yeah. was Christmas. Uh, rubbed a bit of ice cube on it. Cunny. Which I think worked a treat. Yeah. And yeah, in it, and he, my husband um, put it in. I wasn't looking. I haven't looked yet. Have you? No. I can't. I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I should man up, really, because there's a chance I'll have to do it myself at some point. But um, so far, no, I have not. Well, you've only got to do it for a couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah. He's just got to be available for a couple of weeks. Yeah, which he will be, so it's yeah. fine. Um, it's, I think it's important for the man to have a role, or yeah, the partner exactly. to have a role. And it, actually, if he, there is a partner. I don't think you mind me saying this, but he got quite emotional afterwards. Did he? Yeah. Bless him. He was just like, oh, you know, I think it just all dawned on him what was yeah. going on. Like, as if, like, why hadn't he realised prior <laughs> to that? I don't know. But yeah, he got totes emosh. Um, but it, I didn't even feel it. It didn't hurt at all. Uh-huh. Um, so all fine. That's great. Next day, next injection, Cork Airport. <laughs> in the pub. In Cork Airport. In the pub. Well, we were like, where do we do it? Should we do it in a loo? Neither of us really wanted to go into a toilet to do it. And also you don't like the ladies' loos and there's men's loos, Exactly. Right? So what are you going to do in that situation? So mm-hmm. we were basically in a booth in the corner of the, the pub in Cork Airport. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got my, got my roll of fat out. Great, so you just did some casual shooting up in a pub. Yeah. Very train spotting of you. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Felt so grubby. <laughs> <laughs> and actually it hurt a lot. I don't know why. I think he must have... I guess sometimes it hits a nerve, sometimes it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, and it, yeah. it, this one really hurt. And it was like, ah! Mortifying. But um, mm. but it was fine, yeah. Okay. And we've been uh, stabbing me every day since. You seem pretty happy. Like, I, you seem quite light. Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, well, I've been doing lots of acupuncture as well, so I'm in a fucking great mood. Have you been going once a week? Or um, a so I've been three times so far, and that's okay. in, yeah, so that's about three weeks. And um, there's been this, I mean, this morning you went to yes. the hospital. So yesterday I did my, I started, so you start off doing one injection a day, that's yeah. your follicle stimulating one, and then yesterday I 
added a second injection, which was the the one that stops me from ovulating. Mm-hmm. It's called Firemidel. I don't know what it is. Um, and so, yeah, today I went to King's to have my first scan. Yeah, you did. Um, with wonder. Yeah. It was a guy doing it this time, which I was a bit like, oh, hello. Ooh. And he was like, so this is the scan where we're going to find out whether or not you are ready to do IVF. And I was like, mate, I've already started. Look at my sheet. <laughs> Look at who I am, please. Um, was he all embarrassed? Yeah, he was a bit thrown. I think basically the, the guy who does the e-freeze yeah. programme yeah. had asked him to speak to me afterwards. And okay. he thought that that meant that I hadn't... Spoken ah, to him yet? Okay. There you go. Yeah. Therefore, I wasn't. Um, I hadn't given, been given the all clear. Okay. Yet. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yada yada yada. Um. So yeah, I had the scan. Cool and fine. Okay. Um. But yeah, my lining was nine point four. Oh, that's brilliant. They can already transfer. I'm that. like, I just had my period. Well, you just how is my lining that growing for- brilliantly? I think it must be the. I think it must be the follicle stimulating hormones help you build up a quick lining. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm. Talking off the top of my head. I'm well, mate, you could you off the top of well my head and out of my ass. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> cool, but yeah, that was good. So I'm um, going back in for another scan day after tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, they might do a blood test as well to see how much estrogen I'm producing, just to make sure I'm not in the uh, OHSS zone. Yeah, well, with that number of follicles, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm on quite a low dose of the thing. Your body is loving this. It's oh, just like, man, I don't know. I'm a bit, I haven't had any um, symptoms yet, but then I, you're not supposed to. No, it won't point. be for a while. Yeah. For a couple, for a week. Yeah. Know. So today is... Today is day Monday. six. So day six of your injections. Yeah. And it's a Monday and you were thinking next Tuesday is your... Yeah, according to my little okay. my little plan. It, but it's all estimated, obviously. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it's estimated to be next Tuesday, so... Oh, speeding towards that a bit quickly, aren't we? That is. I'm a bit scared. Oh, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. Ooh. You'll be fine. Yeah, of course. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm just a bit like, God. When you realise you're about to like, go for a, quite an invasive procedure, you're going to be knocked out. Oh, mate, it's the best sleep you will ever have. It's <laughs> so great. Honestly, <laughs> there is no better sleep. Oh, I look forward to it. Oh. It's really great. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm in quite a good mood. Sweet. It's New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Neither of us are drinking. Everyone's <laughs> rock and roll. Very <laughs> good time. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I feel, feel positive about it so far. Fabulous. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll talk next week. We will. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Christmas and all that? It is nearly Christmas, although oh, by the time this goes oh, out, Christmas will, will come. Christmas will have come and gone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, we always start the podcast by asking people about their journey. So, tell us about yours. Okay, so brace yourself. It's got lots of, <laughs> lots of twists and turns. So, my journey started about three years ago when I was one of those highly annoying people who got pregnant immediately coming off contraception. Lovely. And I was um, amazed, but obviously extremely happy. Uh, we went for an early scan at seven weeks and saw the heartbeat. And I was like, wow, this is all actually happening. And then at 12 weeks, I remember the silence in the room. There was just no one said anything. And then they were like, there's no heartbeat. Oh, Followed up by, uh, did you take a pregnancy test, love? Which was oh, exactly what? what? Yeah, that's what, one of the, that's what the ultrasound person said. I was like, that's exactly what I need to hear. So I just was distraught, obviously. Why would they say that? What did that mean? They thought that I was actually never just, pregnant. I was just making it up. You just showed up. Yeah, just, just showed up for yeah. shits and giggles. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so um, pretty much... As soon after I was told that news, I was asked what I wanted to do. So I had three options. One was just wait for me to miscarry because mm. I was diagnosed. That was called a missed miscarriage because mm, I found yeah. out at the star scan. Um, alternatively, it was take pills to induce it. But they said I could bleed for like about four weeks then. Okay. Or I could have something called a DNC, mm-hmm. which is where they effectively suck out the embryo yeah so all I really thought was I wanted to try again as soon as possible Mm. so I went for the DNC which was fine um my periods took quite a long time to come back but they came back and then got pregnant straight away again so I I thought well they say miscarriages are common so fine Mm. this one will be the one yeah but it was basically completely deja vu again uh, early scan was fine and then the next one oh, there was nothing again. yeah so I knew the options then and again I just wanted to try again as soon as possible so I had another DNC um and then 
about 10 weeks went by there was no period mm. um but I think I got married then and we were moving abroad so I was a bit distracted but it got to about three months and I was like this is something strange here mm-hmm. so I went back for a scan and worked out they had left uh, retained tissue in there oh or dead tissue as they called it which oh, was not charming. very helpful <laughs> so I had to have another DNC um which was main maybe the most painful experience of my whole life I are you awake during this uh yeah you're awake okay so I passed out fainted on the table when oh, they did gosh. it because it was so painful um yeah and was that because they it had been executed poorly or because of the yeah. stage that it was at it was yeah basically yeah they should have checked after the second one that everything had gone but they didn't um so after the third one then they said well your periods will come back in about six weeks try again uh, you've only had two um only two yeah (laughs) and then it got to three months after that still no period so this was now six weeks six months without a period and I went to about four different doctors and gynecologists to try and get it diagnosed and most some said it was polycystic ovaries which was completely wrong Mm. um most said it was stress because I had basically yeah (laughs) Exactly. So I had had quite a lot of stuff going on. Like I'd moved abroad, I'd had the miscarriage, and then my dad got diagnosed with cancer. Everything okay. co- everything comes at once, mm. right? Um, but I knew it wasn't that. I knew my body. I was like, mm. it's not that. And then by this time, we had actually moved to Hong Kong. So I went to a gynecologist there and told him my history. He didn't examine me, but he said, you've got Asherman's syndrome. Don't Google it. Oh, God. Oh, and. Wow. I'm the queen of Dr. Google, like yeah. a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I already knew what it was, and I knew it was pretty bad news. So what is it? So yeah. Asherman's is basically scarring of the, uter- of the uterus, okay. so scarring or adhesions, and often it means that the cervix is completely scarred shut, so you can't have a period because the blood can't come out. And more often than not, it's caused by repeated DNCs, okay. which is exactly what I had. Um, but I wasn't told the risks that this no. could actually happen. I was going to say, yeah. no one said anything. They, they, it has it in the fine print that you might have something, but they don't say that repeated ones make it worse. So I thought every single time I had it, the, the risks were the same. Mm. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I researched everything, obviously the whole internet for Asherman's and how I could fix it. Mm. And the main way that you can... Uh, the treatment is hysteroscopy so it's you have to get a very very specialized surgeon someone who like knows Asherman's or they can do it they can make it worse okay so they go in with the little camera and they take little micro scissors and they cut away the scarring right so I found someone in London so I traveled back to London I had a hysteroscopy um and they were like oh you'll be fine you'll be able to conceive now and they gave me industrial levels of estrogen patches pills everything <laughs> like I know that yeah <laughs> um and so I took those for months and kept on going to get checked to see if my lining got better so another thing is a scarring but also with Ashman's patients your lining becomes very very thin right so I think for for implantation what do they say like the lowest it can be is seven millimeters yeah mine was three or four okay. maybe mm. um so what my gynecologist said, he was like, well, let's bank some embryos. You're not getting any younger. Um, and then we'll work on your lining. And then at least you've got them as a yeah. um, backup. Back up. 
so we did that and basically IVF was complete blur like my dad passed away the night of my trigger injection (laughs) so the like the actual IVF was just like whatever like I just just like it just came and went really sleepwalking Um, through it yeah exactly but we um we were really lucky we got quite a lot of we got like five genetically tested perfect embryos so we were good there um and then I just carried on having more estrogen Mm. and then I um researched clinical trials because Asherman's they say it's quite rare mm. but knowing I know quite a lot of people who have it now just randomly yeah well, so, we know at least two people now yeah exactly so it's still in clinical phase trial a lot of the treatments so two of the main ones are stem cells treatment mm. or a platelet-rich plasma so I found a platelet-rich plasma trial in Bilbao that I managed to get on um so that is basically where they take your blood they centrifuge it and they get the little platelets Uh and platelets are what would normally clot your blood to heal you from um cuts whatever yeah and then the idea is they inject those platelets back into your endometrium and hopefully it will grow so it makes sense in theory yeah but it didn't work (laughs) it does sound very like very technical yes yeah yeah um and I was pretty much out of options then, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout all my treatment, one word kept on coming up from doctors, but as a last resort, and that was surrogacy. Mm. But it was always like, oh, we'll fix you. But if nothing works, you've always got surrogacy. Like, it's an easy option. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so after the platelet-rich plasma, my gynecologist in the UK said, let's try and do a transfer. I was like, really? My endometrium was like, lining was about five millimetres. And I was like, it's not going to work. But they basically said, well, you've tried so much now. Let's just try it or you'll never know. Mm. So I went into it thinking it didn't work, wouldn't work. And it didn't work, obviously. (laughs) I wasn't really that upset. I think I knew the answer already. Um, And after that didn't work, me and my husband, we just thought, we can't do this can't have more stuff to my body I just need to like draw a line under it um and I realized at that point I wanted a baby more than I wanted to be pregnant Mm. so that's when we really started looking into surrogacy okay and then what happened (laughs) how does that happen yes exactly so there are a few options so there's two main categories so you've got altruistic surrogacy and you've got commercial surrogacy, uh-huh. where you get paid for it. In the UK, only altruistic surrogacy is allowed, right. okay. and which is great. But the problem is, there's not that many people who are available are up for, or up yeah. for doing it's a it. Huge wasting this, I imagine. Huge. Like they said, about two years. Oh God. And I was not up for that. No. no. Um, also, because we were living in Hong Kong, you have to really be based in the UK to try and match, because people want to have oh. relationships yeah. and things yeah. like that. Um, another country where it's altruistic is Canada that we looked into. Uh-huh. Um, but again, that's got a long waiting list. And a really like stupid basic question. No. But did any of your friends or your family volunteer? I did actually have one friend who okay. was quite keen. Um, but she left, lived in Spain where it was completely illegal. Okay, oh, that's not So helpful. it was amazing of her. It's illegal? But it, yeah, it's legal there. That's it's so illegal strange. actually in a lot of countries. Really? Yeah. Um, and then my aunt actually... Um, expressed interest but she's over 50 and, okay. we, and she's got five kids and I was just like, yeah. I didn't want that pressure of, yeah yeah um, <laughs> that happening so yeah. 
Um, so that was where we first looked. And then we started looking commercially. So mm-hmm. obviously you hear about the US, you hear about all the Kim Kardashians who just go over. Mm. Um, but that's at a big, big price. Yeah, so, how, so how much is it in the US? It's around 150000 Just casual. Yeah, just casual pocket yeah. change. So that wasn't an option. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the only other place really um, is the Ukraine, which... Is a bit out there. Yeah. Well, you hear about you hear about the Ukraine and surrogacy a lot. Ah, why is that? Um, I think maybe because it's one of the only pl- places other than the US where you can do it now commercially. So it's legal. It's legal there. So it used to be places like India and Thailand, mm-hmm. but they all got shut down. Okay. Um, so it's really you can also do it in Georgia. Okay. Um, so I started just looking into it a lot, lot more. And I found an agency who were really wonderful. They were mm-hmm. quite small and like really, really high level of communication and care. Okay. And we decided to go for it. So, wow. um, yeah, we signed up in about January this year. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, and then we had the small matter of sending our embryos on a plane on their own oh, to God. get there. No, um, no person, like, what do you call it? Like, assistance, young person's assistance. No. <laughs> <laughs> They were all on their own. Oh, I was so worried about them. On a company. <laughs> they were. Um, but there's these amazing companies who fly embryos all over the world wow. that Imagine. you find out all about. Were you insanely anxious during this Oh, process? my God. Insanely. Wow. I, I remember being in Hong Kong and they were on a plane somewhere and I didn't know where they were. Oh, my God. And, I was on a different level of worry. Oh, I um, and so you sent the embryos to the clinic before you'd kind of chosen a surrogate? Yes. Right, so okay. they. So one of the things is they want your embryos there before they start the process, wow. just in case, I guess, they don't want to start the process and then find out mm-hmm. your embryos can't get there. It's, it's a whole other story, but there's loads of legalities around sending um, genetic material out of the EU. Uh-huh. So that can take. That took me months of paperwork. Oh God! Um, but we got there. Okay. So well they done. arrived, um, and then we went to find a surrogate, which is a lot easier out there. There was I got one immediately. Really? Um, so it was an absolutely wonderful woman, and she's already got two kids. Okay. Um, and we did a transfer, and we were so lucky that it worked the first time. I mean, that process was unbelievably anxious as I well. Can imagine. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's it's like. Did, happening to you but well a hundred times worse I feel like far away as well I guess yeah. you're in a different country yeah oh my oh god. god were you like I wonder if she's taking enough estrogen or oh totally yeah. Yeah. I was going mental she I was like not be drinking <laughs> <laughs> yes it's uh, just I'm quite a control freak and oh, surrogacy really is not a easy process to go through when I can you imagine and so how did you choose someone so to be honest I just wanted someone who was healthy mm. and was mentally and physically mm-hmm. well to do it so they do all medical and psychological tra- um, testing out there mm. okay um so that's all i really cared about yeah. unfortunately with the language barrier you're not gonna build up that much relationship so i just wanted to make sure she was ready for it and healthy and the right why she wanted to do it for yeah. the right reasons and everything mm. so and you you have had chats haven't you yeah we have so it's all yeah. with through a translator so they're uh-huh. they're not the most cut they're not the most easy but we have had chats yeah good so what's the situation now 
uh, our baby's due in four weeks. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's wow. So exciting! I know. So it feels like it's gone fast now, but it really hasn't. Oh like, yeah. Every gosh. single scan has been incredibly anxious, and I bet. and have you been there for scans? Yeah, we went for the twelve-week scan, and then we went a couple of weeks ago for the. I don't know, 34 weeks again, oh which is just incredible. So how often are you flying? How often have you flown out there? Um, just twice. Okay. And we're going out just after New Year. God, yeah. it's so crazy. I You're know. like remotely having a baby. Oh, I know. It's insane. I know. So you can have a really jolly Christmas and uh, not yeah. worry too much about Hopefully. I mean, I don't think the... I don't think I'll ever stop being anxious no, until he comes. Of course. I know. I, I hear that you get more anxious. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it's just a trajectory of um, anxiousness now. Yeah. But, um, Great. Um, and so you have to go and live there for a few months when the yes, baby's born, right? So, um, so it's a whole other podcast in itself. But the legalities <laughs> of um, surrogacy from a UK point of view is quite complex. So in the UK, they would class our surrogate as a legal mother. Whereas in the Ukraine, they class me as a legal mother. So it means that we actually have to apply for me to become the mother, even oh, though gosh. I'm the genetic mother. That's quite heartbreaking. Imagine. Yeah, it is. Um, but because she's not married, my husband is the legal father. So okay. we can get a pass, a British passport through him. Mm. God, does that feel weird? Uh, yeah, but the whole thing's weird. I mean, like it's yeah, just yeah, another, another <laughs> bit. Add it on the pile. <laughs> exactly. Weird stuff. Um, so we have to wait for a passport, which can take up to about about 10 weeks. So yes, we will be moving out to Kiev for wow. about three months. <laughs> have you got like a big list of lovely things you're going to do? Um, probably just stay in because it's going to be about minus 10. Oh <laughs> wow. Oh my God. It's okay because you're going to be cuddling a bit. Yeah. Exactly. Do you exactly. know if it's going to be a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Oh, yeah. yay. It's a boy. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, do you mind me asking how much it's cost? It's cost around, I would say, £40,000. Okay. So just a but deposit that... on a house instead of yeah, an actual house. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, but that includes, that's probably an all in with flights and everything and okay. accommodation okay. and yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, it's still incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. but more affordable than obviously the US option. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes the IVF as well. Um, just the surrogacy was probably thirty thousand. Okay. Yeah. And do you mind if I go back a little bit? Sure. Um, I'm just interested because obviously you moved to Hong Kong. Yeah. Was that so? That was after the miscarriages. In yeah. The UK so after then... the two miscarriages, we did that. And so was that kind of, was it nice to get away or was it a bit of a disruption? No, it was a massive distraction, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the first year was actually really disruptive because I was flying back and forth to the UK. I flew, flew back about eight times, I think. So, yeah, that was disruptive. But I think there was so much other stuff going on in our lives. It was a bit of a distraction. Mm. And in Hong Kong... No one really had kids, so you didn't have that constant reminder. Oh, oh that's quite good. Which was nice. It's <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> How, were there any kind of emotional hurdles you had to overcome with the idea of somebody else carrying your child? Did that take a while to come to terms with? Um, yes, it did. But I think as soon as someone first mentioned it when I was having treatment, mm-hmm. I was starting to get my head around it then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean it's crazy right like I don't feel any of the kicks and like I don't feel anything well physically um so yeah really emotionally draining but I think when by the time we decided I was like 
no I just want the I just want to have a child now yeah. mm. by any means possible mm. and this is a sacrifice I have to make then That's, yeah it's um, just, it's a reminder that families happen in, in so lots many different, of different ways, ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely exactly um and will you be there at the birth? Uh, I hope so. We're going 10 days before, so okay. hopefully we'll get it. I'm not sure I'll be in the room. Um, that's all depending on do circumstances. Want, do you want to be? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a spare of the moment thing. Yeah, um, oh yeah I'm, I find it really interesting because you've seen that you've had like medical care in what seems like lots of different countries. Yeah. You're flying around a lot, kind of seeing specialists. Yeah. What, what's your kind of review of, of the different places that you've been? Like, what was um, the care like in Hong Kong? It sounds like they were... Hong Kong, I didn't actually have that much treatment, but they knew exactly what I had. So Ashaman's is quite hard to diagnose. And yeah, I went to so many people and just no one knew what it was. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone should know, but I'm in a How can small... they not know? Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that have it. Yeah. Like we know, do we just know like a weirdly large number of people? No, I don't know. But if you Google it, the first thing you'll read is Ashman's is extremely rare. Mm. So I feel that it needs, especially doctors need to tell people the risks but I don't want a scaremonger that everyone that has a D&C will have Ashamans. I think I was very, very unlucky. Mm. Um, but I think it's the repeated nature of mm. them that's when it gets a bit mm. more risky. And so, is it something that is? Uh, pardon my ignorance. Um, is it? Does it? Is it naturally occurring? It doesn't just happen. It is naturally occurring. Yeah. Um, but I think the most common reason for having it is repeated yeah. like, medical management. Oh. Shit. Yeah. Um, but hey, you've got your baby boy on yes. the way. and at the moment that's all that matters. <laughs> it's be amazing. Yeah, we've come out of it. How are you feeling? Um, I don't. I, to be honest, like, I know I should. We're like I over the deja vote zone, and I should be like really excited. But I think it's always in you when you've been through shit that mm. you're just still worried something's going to go wrong. Yeah, you and, can't believe it. No, I just can't believe it's going to happen. And I think until we have him in our arms, I'll still be worried um but of course I'm like our friends are really excited for us Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's it's super exciting (laughs) so when will you be coming back to the UK with him uh hopefully in around April yeah can't wait to meet him yeah Yeah. (laughs) to bring him to the next BFM party yeah absolutely um and it's so if somebody else is in your position and looking for a surrogate what would be your kind of advice I would say do as much research as possible and see what you're comfortable with like Mm -hmm commercial isn't for everyone um you and you might want to create more of a relationship with your surrogate I mean that's that would be my ideal but it just Mm. wasn't didn't work out for us um I think just educate yourself as much as possible Mm. and make sure you're you know what you're comfortable with and what type of surrogacy so we did a gestational surrogacy where Mm -hmm. we had the embryo the other um type would be straight I think it's straight surrogacy where the surrogate actually uses her own eggs um so or you can of course use donor eggs and Mm. have an embryo so there's lots of different options Mm -hmm. but I would say obviously get as much support as possible um with surrogacy it's more Facebook based I think than Instagram based but of course both have got amazing people on it Mm. and just ask as much ask as many people as possible for advice Mm. and um, could you write a book on the subject now? Do you oh think? my god, I could do a PhD on it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's yeah. a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you for having flying me. Flying in from Hong Kong oh. to do the podcast. <laughs> well, um, came much up appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to meet the baby. Yeah, oh. me too. <laughs>
finished it. Yeah. Now it's time for Ask the Expert. <laughs> um, we renamed our segment, guys, because we ran out of old wives' tales. Well, we were swiftly running out. Yeah. I could see the end coming along the track quite quickly. Yeah. There's only so many mad things. Oh, no, there aren't, actually. That's bollocks. I mean, keep them coming. Yeah, please keep them coming. Because we'll keep putting them to Professor Tim. But we thought that we'd change it slightly and open it out to any kind of questions that you think Professor Tim might be able to answer, basically. Actual questions as well Mm. as, like, batshit crazy ones. I mean, keep the batshit crazy ones coming because I'm enjoying those. (laughs) And I really like it when I ask him and he's like, huh? (laughs) Um, But yeah, we thought we'd open that out. So do get in touch if you've got any questions that are kind of more on the normal side. And this week, we've got a particularly batshit one. <laughs> yeah. If you do star jumps up and down, does your cervix move into a better position for conception? Um, I can't even, I mean... I mean, I like doing star jumps. I like doing star jumps. I'm happy jumps, to do that if that's going to work. But I just feel like, you know, sometimes bedrooms have limited space. That's true. We all, Well, some of us live in London. Some of us um, live in London. I live in a very small flat. Yeah. Can't swing cats or do star jumps. So I don't know. That's maybe why I haven't got pregnant. <laughs> oh, complete absence of star jumps. I I don't know. I, also, when you're not wearing any clothes. Oh, God. Yeah, doing star jumps. That's not going to be very attractive. That's not a good... Um... <laughs> or any kind of jumps. It's a wobbly situation. There's a blancmange effect. Certainly with me. I yeah, don't know about you. I mean, that's yeah, that's no foreplay from in my house. I don't know. That would swiftly bring proceedings to a close. Presumably, if you want the gentleman to join in as well, and he's not wearing any clothes. Oh wow, that's it's hilarious. It's gonna be. It's gonna be anarchy. I mean, it'd be quite funny. <laughs> if you were in a bad mood, you couldn't not laugh at that, could you? <laughs> if you and your partner are struggling. I mean, there's nothing like the giggles to get you in the mood. Yeah, and maybe that's where the pregnancy comes in. Because you're both laughing so hard at each other that you just have great sex and get pregnant anyway. Actually, one thing I found quite interesting about this one is that um, Professor Tim talks a bit about tilted uteruses. And um, I, so I've got a tilted uterus. Do you? Yeah. Off kilter, like. Yeah, I found that out when I was having an HSG and she was literally... She had the catheter and she was essentially stabbing at my cervix. Mm. And then she was like, you've got a tilted uterus. Like, that's some kind of weird thing. Meanwhile, my cervix apparently points to the left. Oh. I found that out during a <laughs> smear test. And I was like, is that going to affect me in any way? Do I need to know about that? And she was like, no, just interesting. And I was like, don't tell me things like that. I don't need to know. <laughs> just interesting. Your cervix is left leaning. Yeah, I know, right? It's the Jeremy Corbyn of cervixes. <laughs> Good. Rather that than the right. Or is it more a kind of David Bil- David Miliband kind of centrist? <laughs> centre left. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'm more of a David Miliband centre left. <laughs> Your cervix is a centrist dad. <laughs> Terribly cool. And it likes to go to the Latitude Festival as well. <laughs> right, get sensible now. Yeah, please. Okay. Please introduce Professor Tim. Yes, so I asked him if jumping up and down would move your cervix into a position for better position for conception. So again, I've never heard that one before. These are always really good questions. Um, Well, there'll be no difference in the position of the cervix um, after a woman's been jumping up and down. So um, I can't see that even jumping up and down would change the position of the cervix. And also, 
it's not been shown that there's a link between the position of the cervix and the chance of conception with intercourse. So it used to be thought decades ago, for instance, that if women had a retroverted uterus, which about 15% of women have a uterus that points backwards mm. um, rather than forwards, I always liken it to being left-handed. It's just a variation of normal. And women with a retroverted uterus, the cervix tends to be a bit more um, towards the upper part, sort of the front part of the vagina rather than the, than the back part of the vagina, um, where, where it would be for a woman with a antiverted or forward-facing uterus. So years and years ago, people, gynecologists would do operations to try and fix, in inverted commas, a retroverted uterus to put it into a better position because they thought it would reduce the chance of natural conception being retroverted, but then studies showed it makes absolutely no difference at all. So the bottom line is I think the position of the cervix uh, in the top of the vagina is not going to affect the chance of conception. So therefore, even if it did change by jumping up and down, it's not going to make any difference. Thanks, Professor Tim. So that's it. That brings episode one of series two to a close. Look at that. Series two. Um, Sounds so professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. It's been wonderful to be back. We love you all. This time it's going to be adieu rather than farewell. Or is it the other way around? Uh, Yeah. This time it's going to be... See you next week. Rather than... (laughs) So what is it? The fret in French. It's like... Adieu. It is adieu. And there's another one. Oh, I don't know. Failed French. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.